0: various different industries you're going to have a specific type of refund requirement having those in place having that clearly defined and then if you can have somebody click a button to say i agree to the terms and conditions or they sign something or if it's a if it's a coaching agreement docu sign it or something along those lines where they've agreed to that and then again whoever has the most documentation wins and the customer is right unless you can prove them wrong the burden of proof is on you
1: what is keeping you from growing your business to the next level? I'm Jess Burgio, one of the hosts here for Fast Foundations, the podcast. Between the three of us, my co-host Jim, RT, and I have grown several businesses, scaling beyond seven figures. And you know what? Not a single one of those businesses came with a blueprint. For years, we poured time and resources into our businesses, from salons, tech companies, and product-based businesses, navigating success and failures on our own. For all of us, though, it began to change in 2019 when we found a community of like minded entrepreneurs and industry leaders to mentor us. That community was Fast Foundations. Just like the mastermind, we're bringing on experts and having discussions to give you tips to not only improve the foundational skill sets you need, but to also fast track your growth. We'll dive into the core pillars of what will make your business succeed. Whether you have a brand new idea that you're looking to turn into a business or you're already a successful entrepreneur looking to scale, this community is here to take you to the next level. Let's dive in.
2: Welcome back to the Fast Foundations podcast. I'm RT, I got Tiffany again today. We're interviewing my friend, Peter. This is awesome. This is a mentor session. Peter, you're an expert in this subject. What are the things we don't know about big payment processors like Stripe and why should we potentially avoid using them?
0: And RT, thanks for having me. Tiffany, great meeting you here. So, really excited about this topic. Um, I think a lot of business owners typically go for the easiest route when you're first, especially when you're first starting your business. Like, who do I bank with? Well, That's Mm -hmm. an easy choice. And who do I use for maybe a point of sale system or an e-commerce website or whatever? Easy choice. And so a lot of times business owners go through a checklist in their mind, whether it's an actual checklist or a subconscious checklist where they go through and they check off a whole bunch of easy boxes. And then we go to our payment processor box. And it's very easy to set up an account with a PayPal, a Stripe. Square, or even some other lesser-known companies like um, Wave, who's a big um, invoicing platform for certain entrepreneurs, or, um, or Intuit, or things like that. Sure. Who, do, who do I do my books? Well, let's choose Intuit, th- those types of decisions. The interesting thing about every single one of those providers that I just um, outlined there is they're all what we call aggregators or payments facilitators. Meaning they have one mega merchant account and then they use a few hundred thousand or they allow a few hundred thousand business owners to potentially a few million business owners to use their one main mega merchant account. All sounds fine and dandy because they can set you up in five minutes. There's very minimal underwriting. It's just you enter in your information and voila, you can take payments. There's a few pitfalls that can potentially happen down the road though. So sometimes the easy, the easy decision isn't always the best one because let's say you have a spike in business and you have a lot of bigger transactions, or maybe you have a dispute or a refund that comes at you from left field. And we can talk more about that on a different episode perhaps, but there's different methods of payments that credit card processors and banks view as risky. And suddenly overnight, you can have your money held. Because the credit card processor did not do the underwriting on you ahead of time. You just passed a basic smell test and then you can run transactions. And then as you scale and run your business, surprise, now they're holding your money. Or in the potential case where you have a a large transaction, that customer has up to 120 days to dispute that and issue what's called a chargeback. They call their bank. Hey, I didn't do this, or this is fraud, or the merchant promised me the money back and I'm not getting it. Whatever their story is, and in the world of credit card processing, the customer is right, unless you, the merchant, can prove them wrong. The burden of proof is on you. But in the case of Square, Stripe, PayPal, and some of these other payments facilitators or aggregators, they're the merchant, not you. So they get to choose whether or not they wanna fight for you. And a lot of times, small business owners, if, if If you don't actually have your own account, you don't exist in the world of Visa and MasterCard. And the payments provider can choose whether or not they want to go to bat for you, and a lot of times they don't. So that would be some, right off the bat, a few key points that I would consider not, the easiest route sometimes isn't always the best one.
3: Peter, I want to ask more questions specifically about that, about how to protect yourself when you're processing credit card payments. But first, Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you became an entrepreneur.
0: Love this question. So I, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. I'm Still working on the growing up part, but <laughs> I was uh, I was just finishing up college and I had an idea of running a learn to swim aquatics program class. I had worked as a lifeguard and instructor and certified a few hundred lifeguards and a few thousand kids and learn to swim classes through the Red Cross. And that was kind of a part-time side gig. And the, the nice juicy business that I was going to make around $100,000 over the summer evaporated. And I ultimately couldn't do it. So I suddenly had a free summer. And it was, well, do I go work as a lifeguard again? I'm 22 at this point. Um, and then kind of overnight, one of my brothers reached out and was like, hey, I would love it if you'd come up and shadow me for the summer. We just happened to be talking. And um, I threw everything in my car, drove out that night, went to training, like drove 2000 miles, went to training that Monday. Um, It was like literally pivot and my life changed. And um, went to training that week, got tossed in in front of the cannon. (laughs) There was um, the very first trade show was that Thursday and he wasn't able to make it, but it was a few hundred controllers and mayors and um, the, the finance folks for a few hundred cities. as you can imagine, government entities all taking payments, and then they wanted to ask this 22-year-old kid, "What do you know about payments?" And I just literally finished training two days before that. That was definitely trial by fire. That summer job, I, I, you know, I, I joke with people, but it's, it's the truth. My first paycheck was 12 bucks for the month. And then the next month it was 120. The next month it was 490 and then it was a thousand. But I stuck with it and it was this very consistent, slow, stable growth. Um, I worked with my brother for 12 years and um gosh, I was his I was his right hand guy. So I I mean I put in my hundred hours a week plus and trained 50 people and it was a blast. We worked with a few thousand businesses. I signed up some banks, some national accounts, some some huge stuff. My portfolio was doing. Few hundred million dollars a year. I was a as a kid again, um, but I was doing really, really, really well. Spent twelve years doing that, but kind of fast forwarding here a little bit. Um, you know, who you start the journey with isn't necessarily who you're going to end the journey with. And I started the journey with my brother, and I always had that emotional attachment to this idea of us working together and us being in business and it being this lifelong thing. Like I didn't have to go through all these other crazy things that entrepreneurs had to do. I got it right the first time. But there was this pit in the back of my like pit in my stomach, this little red flag in the back of my head, whatever the metaphor you want to use, we just had a little bit of a misalignment in values. They were going a certain direction and I was going another one. And that gap kept widening and kept widening. But the money was great and I was sitting there as a young 30-something making really, really, really incredible residual income. And I I had this portfolio, this print money, and I was kind of lazy at that point going like, I put in my 10 years and I'm just going to sit here and coast. 2017 came around and I was like, you know what? There's businesses that keep coming to me and want me to bring on their business, but I just don't feel in alignment with bringing on new business with my brother's company. And that that was a bombshell, lightning bolt moment for me. Going, I don't have faith in the product that I'm selling. So what do I sell? And that was, as a sales guy, that's really hard to come to grips with. So um, again, I want to say this the right way. Um, it's not just the product that you're selling, but who it's who you're selling it with, and the it, it's it's the overall idea of the company itself and the team and do you see yourself doing this for the next 20 years? Well, I didn't. And so when I came, when I really, really came to grips with that, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna gonna do something else. So I had this portfolio that was sitting there printing money and I became a financial advisor, did that for a couple of years, but I always still kept coming back to payments. And, um, you know, the training and insurance products and investments and all of that stuff, there was incredible learning but it wasn't my thing. So I, I tried a few spoonfuls of a few other things. And late 2017, early 2018, I was able to basically resell some an, another company services. So I was a, in payments technology, I was a sub ISO of another company. And I did that for a couple of years. Well, as I was sharing with you just a moment ago, um, I lost everything. So 2019, late 2019, the company sold, my nice, really, really nice residual income went to zero. And then COVID happened a month or two later. And it was like um, it was like my world stopped. And so I had to reinvent everything. And really the only thing I had at that point was my knowledge of the payments industry and then a few thousand businesses that had believed in me once. And I had to, I had to go back and do it all over again. And I had that moment of, you know, who am I? And what's my identity? And what am I really excited about? And I had had this plan B business on the side impact payments and you can imagine plan b rapidly became plan a <laughs> so um went all in on me and um scaled the company i mean we had 30 percent month over month growth have a fantastic team with us so technically been in business for five years but really only about two and a half to three at this point
2: that's awesome peter and and i you know the story gets better every time i hear it um it's it's, it's interesting that so many of us have similar roller coaster journeys and, um, it's always interesting layering, a, massive economic and world events like COVID and stuff like right in the center. Um, plus, yeah. you know, you and I both had some, some family stuff and we all have personal stuff that happens over that time period as well. And so, um, when you factor in kids, um, and life into, the entrepreneurial journey, it's, uh, it makes the roller um, I guess the, the ups higher and the downs lower potentially. So, um, thanks for sharing all that. Awesome. It's been, been a journey for sure. Why do you care so much about payments and this, this to, to me and to you, when you described it, such a theoretically small decision that we all make when we start our company or build our new website or set up our new landing page or whatever why is this so important to you Why, why why have you stuck it in this industry you know for your career
0: well the interesting thing is like after all the years of personal development and working on myself and learning and growing and coaching thousands of businesses through this industry I'm going to say that the greatest asset that you have as a business owner is your cash flow and your ability to continue to produce that cash flow. Because if the cash flow stops, everything stops. You don't have a business anymore. You don't have a business until you actually make a sale. And then how you streamline and grow and enhance that business is by continuing to be able to produce that. So for me, I view it as I'm a cash flow consultant. I help consult business owners on their greatest asset and being able to make really, really great decisions for their future and then all the people that are impacted um, in their world, which is one of the reasons why I actually named my company Impact Payments. I really, really feel that your cash flow and the ability to bring that in is going to impact not only you, your business, your clients your employees, team members, and then that's a way that you can impact the world. And I view it as it's a small ripple effect that then is a, is a cascading domino that goes outwards. I'm able to help business owners make strategic business decisions about their greatest asset, and in turn, I'm impacting thousands of lives along the way.
2: I love it. So what are the different factors that we need to look for when we make that decision and how does it actually work as far as like how how do you and these big payment processing companies make money and i guess unpacking that that description that you you gave earlier of like you know these the huge companies are almost like repackaging and and bundling all this stuff but you don't actually have control can you kind of unravel the mystery of where the heck does the money go between my customer and me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will do my best in a short amount of time. Um, thank you for that. So in the world of credit card processing, there are literally over a thousand different kinds of cards and everybody, when I say that immediately goes to, well, yeah, I take Visa, MasterCard, discover Amex, maybe a couple other cards, but Visa has 400 different kinds of cards. MasterCard is over 500. Different kinds of cards. When I first started in the business back in late 2005, early 2006, Visa had 30, Mastercard had about 50, and it was really interesting in in the industry, in the market. More and more and more rewards cards started coming out where people could get rewards, airline miles, cash back, points, those types of things. And if you think about it, as a consumer, you think, "Well, I could pay a hundred dollars." for this purchase, and I could give cash for that. If it's a retail face-to-face transaction, or if it's an online purchase, what that'd be tough to do. But I I can pay $100 one way, or I can use my credit card. It's way more convenient. And I still pay $100 most of the time. But then there's some moving parts behind the scenes, but I don't really care. Oh, my bank is going to give me rewards. I get 1.5% cash back or I get airline miles or points or those types of things. There's no, it's not bad, but the merchant that takes those cards incurs a higher fee. Those are more expensive cards. Now, most providers, and this has become a very, very popular pricing method. Most providers nowadays, particularly Stripe, Square, PayPal, and companies like that, offer the flat rate model, 2.9 and 30 cents. Just call it 3%. Well, within that 3%, there's actually this underlying series of costs, which we call interchange. It's the cost of the card. So in other words, the money that the issuing bank makes. So US Bank, Wells Fargo, Chase, Citigroup, Bank of America, the issuing bank that issued the card to the customer is sitting there with their computer, and they're printing money. the the big banks make $110 billion every year on interchange fees. Those are the micro transfer fees between banks anytime a credit card payment happens or a debit card payment happens. Credit card processors, we've got to collect those fees. We pay out all the banks, we pay out Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, and then we keep what's left over. So in the case of a flat rate model, like a 3% model, the underlying cost of the card might be half a percent, or one, or one and a half, or two, or two and a half, or on occasions, three. And then they basically keep the margin on all those lesser, not quite so expensive cards. So it is absolutely something where as a business owner making a decision, yeah, you definitely want to make a decision about, What's going to integrate with my shopping cart or what's going to help me manage my business? What's going to help me manage my inventory and a bunch of those other types of things. And then you want to factor with who you partner with really, really does matter. A lot of credit card processing companies sneak in rate increases where you're used to, as a business owner, paying a certain amount and you get the money deposited in your account one to three days later. But then if they change the rules and now they start taking a greater percentage, a lot of times business owners don't notice that. And then suddenly you're stuck with, wait, how how much are we paying on these fees? Or something comes along to knock you out of your chair going, oh, that's a a nasty surprise. And so um, it's really important as a business owner, number one, yeah you want to set it up correctly the first time if possible but then you want to reassess every few months every year or so is is the program that we have the best one for our business at this new stage of the game you don't always want to set it up one way and then never revisit that i always think it's it's important to revisit key aspects of your business periodically to make sure are we on the right track or do we we want to make some course corrections along the way Hey,
2: it's RT. Thanks so much for listening to the Fast Foundations podcast. I want to see you in the room. I don't want you to just be hearing my and our voices. Let me tell you about the Fast Foundations Mastermind. It's a six month long program, and it's our signature program. It's how you join our community. Every time we talk about this amazing community of almost 400 people that have gone through our mastermind that we have here on the podcast that we hear from and our mentors, all that kind of stuff, all the guest speakers, the coaches, all the awesome things that we get to do, it all starts with the mastermind. It's a six month long program with two two day in-person events One's in Scottsdale, one's in Denver. Yes, they're in amazing, beautiful places. We have them in cool spots because that's fun. We also give you six months with a coach, one-on-one. And the most important thing is once you go through that mastermind, and you learn from all these amazing speakers that we bring in, learn from your coach, grow with me and Jim and the rest of our team you get lifetime access to our community. Every single thing that we do is recorded and uploaded into a private platform off of Facebook, off of the social medias, all that kind of crap, and it's saved in one place that you have, again, lifetime access to. So when you join the Fast Foundations Mastermind, which you can learn more about at fastfoundations.com and click on join the community to apply. When you join this mastermind, you're in our community for life. I really hope to see you in the room and I hope to talk to you soon.
3: Now, I think that's a great call out that you, know, you always need to be reassessing. And I think that like banking and credit card processing and financial things, it's really easy to just let it stay at it the way it is and not revisit it. So tell us a little bit about what makes impact potentially better and why people should think about making the switch?
0: Well, I want to make sure that this is applicable to everybody. So all listeners can get a, a certain amount of value out of that. But Tiffany, thanks for asking about my company. So we, we do have a few key pillars of the company that are really critical. Having a month-to-month agreement, whereas uh, as a business owner, you're not locked into a three to five year contract there are predatory companies out there that will get businesses stuck, whether it's on a credit card machine that really only costs two or $300, but now you're paying thousands of dollars for that machine that's a non-cancelable financial agreement. That's an example where having a flexible month-to-month agreement on each and every aspect of your business is important. I view it as, I want business owners to work with us because i love us. You know, you, you always have choices where you shop. So i want you to shop with us instead of being stuck. The second key piece i alluded to that a minute ago is that pricing change. So again, as a business owner, when you're busy running running your business, i mean, oh my gosh, you've got hundreds of things that you're dealing with on a monthly basis, whether it's inventory, to employee stuff, to your physical location or website, all the different course corrections you're making along the way. Many banks, many credit card processors know this. And then they take advantage of the small business owner by sneaking in rate increases. They may or may not even notify you. I joke with people, you know, there's several reasons why I'm in business. And most of those reasons are the biggest banks in the industry. I don't want to name any names here, but most banks, they make their money based on sneaking in rate increases. And that's where, whether they're getting hit with government regulation, 11 or 12 years ago, there was the big Dodd-Frank Act where, and the financial reform bills where banks could no longer charge certain things and do different things on their business practicing. Well, they turned around and started gouging small business owners on their credit card processing fees. That's where I feel it's really important as a business owner to not be stuck and entangled with all of these complicated other financial decisions. You wanna make each financial decision on its own and not be stuck somewhere. So that not having a, having a flexible month-to-month agreement and then not having those rate increases sneak in on you, those are really, really big things. To my knowledge, most companies just aren't offering that type of thing. And then the last thing is, we love to differentiate ourselves, whether it's with service, technology offerings, being able to integrate with what people are doing. Um, Really in this company, uh, in this industry, all transactions really funnel through only a few big mega pipelines. And we've invested a lot on our end so that we can connect to most of those. So what we really love to do is when a business owner wants to do something, they're excited about scaling their business, trying out a new system. or you know, revamping. We love to be able to tell them yes. So that's where having a personalized service and in essence, a financial coach who helps them with their finances. We love that personalized extra extra layer of service. Really, I, I feel sets us apart from most other providers in the industry.
3: Cool. Thanks, Peter. You know, when we kicked off this episode, you mentioned how a lot of these providers will side with consumers when there's an issue. And I'm wondering what your opinion is on new businesses taking payments through things like venmo or paypal and what the risks are there because i think there are a lot of newer entrepreneurs they're like okay i need to take a payment today i'll just use venmo and i'm sure there are risks there and i just would just love to pick your brain about what those are
0: fascinating question so Obviously, as a business, when you are getting started, you're, you're making decisions left and right. Stuff's coming at you and you've got all these things coming at you and you've got to make split second decisions about all these major things. And most of the time, you know they're, they're correct. In the credit card processing business, that's where I, I alluded to this a, moment before, uh, a few moments ago, the customer is right unless the merchant can prove them wrong. So that's where as a business owner you've got to have a few policies in place and hopefully you're also safeguarding your business so that you can, you know, what whatever financial arrangement it is, whether it's a retail face-to-face transaction, you've got a little shop where people come and see you or you've got an e-commerce website or you have a coaching business or anything along the way, your refund policy, your delivery timing and method what your privacy policy is, and some of these other key aspects of your business, you've got to set those up and you have to have those pretty airtight. So for example, if the customer is right, unless you can prove them wrong, you key entered a payment for the customer but they didn't agree to any anything formal with you, they can simply call up their bank and say, this merchant promised me something, This business owner promised me something, but I'm not getting it. I'm not happy and I want my money back. There's over 25 different chargeback, unique chargeback codes, whether it's fraud or services not provided or defective or a a myriad of different reasons. And so then the issuing bank turns around and will yank that money back out of your bank account. And the customer has typically up to four months, 120 days to file a dispute from when the services, services are rendered. So, if you have a membership where maybe somebody signs up and you got a six month or a year long engagement with them, they could potentially dispute that months and months and months later. Now, meanwhile, you've been busy running your business. You've probably spent that money on other key things to scale and grow and pay team members and all the things. And that's where you can really, really run into bad, like a bad situation if a large transaction came back out of your bank account and you you had a day or or even no warning and it suddenly you woke up and you were overdrawn. So that's where definitely having key policies in place, what your refund policy is, typically something like all sales final no refunds or refunds only within 15 days or exchange only or various different industries, you're gonna have a specific type of refund requirement. Having those in place having that clearly defined. And then if you can have somebody click a button to say, I agree to the terms and conditions or they sign something, or if it's a, if it's a coaching agreement, Doc, sign it or something along those lines where they've agreed to that. And then again, whoever has the most documentation wins and the customer is right unless you can prove them wrong. The burden of proof is on you. So it's definitely important to have those those key aspects of your business taken care of as soon as possible so that you're safeguarded. If something crazy comes along, you're ready.
2: Thanks, Peter. Yeah. And that's I remember talking to you about this. I mean, probably a couple of years ago at this point, thinking about all the things that, that could go wrong, but not, you know, at that point I probably said something about knock on wood. Like I've been, I've been pretty good. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, we use, uh, for, for Vortec, we use Shopify. Um, And Shopify has systems built around chargebacks, but um, I've experienced firsthand that, the, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's winnable um, when there is a chargeback. And um, it's basically to, to me, it felt like Shopify and whoever it does Shopify's payments, whether it's Stripe or whatever, we're just having an argument with Visa or Amex, and i was just like a little kid sitting on the side of the road watching the adults have a conversation and there was just like no way for me to ever get my money back or feel like i was mm. part of it so feel that completely and that's why when we were talking about fast foundations i was like all right cool we got to use impact payments so we're signing up with you obviously they work for um consulting you know uh masterminds like recurring payments like we offer and and rounds of masterminds like like we do but what are some other examples of your clients or people that you've worked with um, where it makes sense for sure to like sit down with somebody like you and go through this versus stripe paypal etc like who who should be the people listening to this or like man I should really at least look into this
0: love that RT you uh, you obviously mentioned a few key Industries that we're really, really good at. Um, I would say any any e-commerce website. You know, we'd love to at least have a conversation with with you about what you're doing. But some fun ones. Um, I love jewelry stores. They process a lot of transactions. They have big spikes in volume. Some of them, you know, if it's a she didn't like the ring or you know buyer's remorse type scenarios, being able to help those. Unfortunately, jewelry stores also get hit with a lot of fraud, you know, a very expensive piece that's only, you know, really, really tiny and really easy to get shipped or moved or fraudsters can try to take advantage of them. So we love to be a, an advocate for those types of industries. Um, I would say, too, I have a big passion for giving back. So nonprofit organizations and uh, whether it's like a Boys and Girls Club type organization or something like that, we. We definitely love to impact them as well. I've, you know, in this 17 plus years of this crazy roller coaster, I've literally worked with everybody. I've, I've personally worked with over 4,000 businesses along the way and then managed a bunch of other people that worked with many more thousands after that. But those are some definite ones that I get excited about helping and excited about making a difference in what they're doing for the better.
2: Thanks Peter. And I guess when you when you think about all the conversations and you've had I'm sure tens of thousands with different entrepreneurs, small business owners, people like us making these decisions, can you give us like I feel like a lot of these questions and a lot a lot of, a lot of the, the topic which is probably normal for this industry is like what are the what are the things that can go wrong? So so maybe maybe give us like one other thing that we haven't talked about just to like close the door on that one. And then tell us about the things that that could go right. It's like if the the things the good things that could happen when you when you work with a smaller company to do your credit card processing instead of um, these these big ones. And what's the what's the upside um, besides not having those downsides happen?
0: (laughs) Sure, always looking for the silver lining. I love that, RT. That's great. Well, to answer the first part of that question definitely don't have rookies running key parts of your business particularly when it comes to cash flow a great example of this is a lumberyard who's a client of mine and one of their entry-level people that had actually been there for years he entered a credit card payment story sounded good the trucking company shows up picks up 10 grand worth of lumber and it's on a stolen card And then the fraudster called up the next day and wanted to run seven grand through. This is where that little red flag in the back of my client's mind pops up. And he's like, maybe I should reach out to Peter's company. He reached out to us and I was like, do not let that seven grand of lumber out of your yard today. And tell that courier service to pound sand and call the police and figure out where they're going. And ultimately we actually got him his 10 grand worth of lumber back about four months later. The police were able to intercept it and all the things. But it just goes to show, trust your gut. You've got to use that God-given intuition that you have. And if something feels awkward or weird, lean into that. And then also have trusted partners and trusted advocates who give you some really key advice. The school of hard knocks is brutal. And as a young business and young entrepreneurs that you're getting going, some of those 5 and 6 figure mistakes if you can avoid those by having a coach work with you that's where what you're doing with fast foundations and what your what your team is doing and then also having trusted advocates who can help you with your cash flow and and be a key expert that's something that's really really invaluable now the second part of that question the silver lining so it is possible to get next day money or for about 80% of our clients we do same day deposits which is really really fun. A lot of business owners are used to having to wait 2 or 3 or 4 days for their money and being able to get that money right away that that's the grease. Again, the cash flow is the grease that allows the, everything else in your business to go really really smoothly. So, we love to be able to empower and impact business owners along those lines. Also, as you scale and grow your business, you're going to have new opportunities along the way and whether that's choosing a different system to use maybe that entry level system that was the cheapest one on the block because you're just getting going now you want to pivot and go to a different one that's going to help you scale the business one thing that we really love to do is our years and years of expertise and then the thousands of clients that we work with we love to give best practices from other industries some of the greatest businesses that got started in the last 10 to 15 years like airbnb or uber were ideas in a different industry but then they got implemented in the hospitality or transportation industries so that's where having expert advice in in something that's just an industry specific well in this business we've noticed this but then you're able to then use that in whatever industry you're doing well it's one of the reasons why like working with entrepreneurs keeps me young and keeps me excited because everybody's got some a new idea and i've heard everybody i've heard any idea you'd imagine, I've heard about it. But that's where it's exciting watching entrepreneurs scale and grow and take their business. My favorite example is this lady named Celeste. She, uh, she was a massage therapist and she got introduced to me by um, a mutual acquaintance. She was doing $800 a month in business. This was in 2008, 2009 timeframe. And that was her $800. And that's what she lived on that was a big deal to her. And she was embarrassed when I asked her, what do you think you're going to be running in payments? And, and some of those questions, she was embarrassed. She was like, maybe a thousand dollars. She was really shy. And, um, she was like, "Do is it even, is it even worth it to talk to you? And she was kind of having that imposter syndrome and I assured her, I love one, I love working with entrepreneurs and empowering them, whether it's your $1,000 a month, $800 a month, or $800,000 in a month. Like we work with some really large companies and some really tiny ones and everybody in between. My, my favorite ending to that story is four years later, she had 52 people working for her. She had four locations and she was doing over 300K a month in business. So working with entrepreneurs, again, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> Everybody's got that really exciting idea and being a disruptor in that industry, I love being with people like you guys and gals who are changing the world with the new business ideas that you that you come up with. And that's why those types of stories are really, really exciting for us because we can see what's possible and we know other people can do it. Why not you?
3: I love that story, Peter. Thanks for sharing it. And I think it's a great reminder To not undersell yourself and, you know, set things up right the first time and not to cut corners because you think you're going to stay small or because you're not going to be taking a lot of payments.
0: I love that, Tiffany. Thank you.
2: So, Peter, before we wrap up, can you tell us how to find you what your best, you know, method of communication is? If somebody wants to pick your brain about this kind of stuff and just like, you know how people could connect with you for some advice around, you know, all that.
0: Absolutely. I know some good friends at Fast Foundations who definitely have my contact info. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you can go to our website, impactpayments.com, book a call with us. You can also um, potentially find me. I'm not the best on social media, that's my 15 minutes a month of indulgence time type thing. But um, you can definitely reach out to me personally. Uh, Peter at impactpayments.com is my direct email address. So any of those ways, we'd love to be a part of that. Again, have a really exciting team. And as we scale the company, there's going to be different aspects of the business that I'm personally involved in. But I'm really passionate about working with any Fast Foundations business, even if it's just to be a resource for you, or if you have an idea or a question or, or something that's popping up definitely want to give my expertise and my advice and if not it's a hey you're doing you're on the right track you're doing a great great job keep doing what you're doing Like there's nothing wrong with that either
2: thanks peter and yeah i i, I mean your team has been fantastic to work with um it, it it's it's cool to to have you know i don't know what to what to call all the other people that help us like contractors vendors you know that's that's not like a It's not like a sexy term of like, you know, of all that. But you're you're part of the team. You're not just Stripe, right? (laughs) Like that. It's really cool to have someone like that along for for this roller coaster like we talked about. So I appreciate you for all the help and advice that you've given us outside of just how to save some money on on transactions. It's immensely valuable. And um, yeah, definitely, if you want to connect with Peter, um, about what he's doing, um, either reach out directly, like he said, or get connected with with myself or, or or Jim, and and we'll we'll loop you into the conversation and give you an update on how it's going with with our payment processing and and go from there. So, uh, Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was a mentor session on the Fast Foundations podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button or leave a comment uh, down below. And if you're just listening to us, Maybe check out YouTube next time. You know, then you can see our faces. That'd be awesome. But either way, subscribe. You can learn about all this kind of stuff at fastfoundations.com. Make sure you check out our mastermind. That's why we do it. That's how we met Peter. Thank you, Peter. See you next time.
0: Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. For more free business tips like this, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at fast.foundations. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? We want to know. Tag us on Instagram, share this episode with a friend, and leave us a five-star rating and review so we can reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. We're so glad to have you as part of our community. Go to our website, fastfoundations.com, for details on our next in-person event.
3: This podcast is sponsored by Carter & Custer Agency at carterandcuster.com.